Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Welcome to the breakfast show, and it's our biz how to segment. I'm Ryan Huang. At some point in our lives, many of us might have pondered how and whether to turn something that we like or enjoy into something that can earn us money. Well, one Singapore born, Paris based shoe designer certainly did. And not just that, he made a complete job switch. After an inspiring five month shoemaking workshop, he took on while he, on a work sabbatical. He left an extensive career in producing TV documentaries for some of the biggest channels like History Channel and National Geographic behind. Moved to Florence, Italy to start from scratch as a shoe designer. Joining us this morning to share how he turned his interest into business, we have Mashizan Masjam, President and Creative Director of Mashizan. Thanks for joining us today, Mashizan. Hi, Craig. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Hey, great having you on. So you made a big switch from TV to shoes. So completely different fields. I did. Yeah, for many, that would be quite scary. So what was it that prompted you to make that decision at that time? What was that moment that gave you that courage? I think at that point in time, right, I was uh, really getting restless uh, with my career, essentially. I mean, I'd come to the point where I climbed the ladder in the TV industry mm. and was kind of near the peak of my TV career. You know, the higher you go in the ladder, you become more of a manager than a creative person. And I think a large part of me always wanted to be that creative person. And so I decided to do something completely different. Uh, in 2013, I went to Florence to study shoe designing and shoemaking. It's a course that's really targeted at the mid-career professionals who want to take just to take a break and just do something completely different. Um, at that point in time, though, I wasn't thinking about setting up a business. I wasn't thinking about cutting a new profession for myself. I just wanted to do something creative and fun and, you know, just take a sabbatical. So that's what I did in 2013. I continued my TV career after that and I continued as head of content and executive producer in a local Singapore production company. But, you know, I started to launch my first collection and it just evolved and took off from there. It wasn't intentional. I didn't set out mm. to create a brand or to launch a brand. It just kind of evolved. Along yeah, so the organically, way. I guess, it just, it just took off. Yeah, organically. Uh, I started out wanting to do something creative, but we ended up along the way. The journey has become more of a business venture than anything else. Yeah, I'm, got- I'm not, I'm now a creative entrepreneur, essentially. Wow, you know? congratulations. I've got to unpack that a little. So, how long have you so, been brewing this interest into shoemaking, at least shoes? How did you even decide, hey, I want to do this in my sabbatical? Well, I've always been interested in shoes in general because I find them very beautiful to look at. They're works of art. And there's a certain component which is also engineering, which, you know, shoes have to be comfortable, especially for women's mm. shoes. There's a certain technicality to it and there's a certain part that's also very creative and design-focused. So I've always been sort of fascinated by it. But it's also something that I've always thought at the back of my head that it's impossible to do this professionally. I mean, coming from a generation where you know, you don't really think about becoming a designer in Singapore. It's not something that's laid out in front of you as, as you develop and choose a career. Yeah, and it's not a clear path. So I think exactly. a lot of people can actually learn some lessons from you. So what was the path you took, you know, coming back from the workshop? What would be some of the first steps someone who might be keen to follow in your footsteps think about? What should they start with first? For me, it just really evolved organically. So obviously when I came back, I just launched a collection. company had not even been born yet. So this is all of your home. Yeah, because I was still having my career in the TV industry. Mm. I was head of content at the production company then. And it was only like almost 
um, I suppose two years later after I completed um, the sabbatical that it just organically grew that I had to do something with it. Launched my first collection and six months after that I had to make a decision because I couldn't juggle both to be very you honest. Mean juggle, you juggle what's going on? You're doing stuff juggle. in the day and then stuff at night? Exactly. Uh, because I was daytime I was a TV producer, TV executive dealing with the executive networks and, and mentoring producers and directors. Uh, in the evening I was trying to do something creative and trying to launch this brand but it was impossible to do both so after six months I had to decide you know and I I suppose at that point one of the things that pushed me on was the amount of a little press traction that I was getting (laughs) it was just getting too much right my old bosses were asking what's going on when people call you (laughs) TV producer (laughs) and I had a day job on top of that so I I had a long thought about it if I don't jump into this right now when else am I going to do it right at that point in time I was already in my early 40s I was feeling restless I think midlife crisis was settling in so uh, I guess settling in rather than settling in a bit of reading the signs along the way all these little victories and incremental wins that kind of point you hey you're doing things you're on the right track maybe you should go and do more and when you decided to do more what were some of the initial concerns because running a business is not easy you've got a lot of overheads to think about what were some of the considerations you had in mind like financials especially when you started to do a business it was completely difficult for me because I, I didn't have business background. I didn't come from a family of entrepreneurs. So this whole world was completely new to me. But what I do know is stories and storytelling. So I started on this path of creating a brand story. And I think that's what I am capable of. The business part, really, I had to learn along the way. I had to learn about accountability, setting your, your P&Ls and um, setting up the administration side of things. All those things are, are things that you can pick up. And if you have uh, great teachers and mentors, you can learn. Mm. Uh, I've always been one to be not afraid of fail, of, of making mistakes and failures. So I jump into it rightfully not knowing anything, but I think I, I kind of uh, learned along the way. And trust me, I've made lots of mistakes uh, along the way. <laughs> but I think the brand has grown over the years. We've been, we've been around for about eight years now. Wow, congrats. present in three different markets. And yeah, I think it's, uh, if you ask me now, what would you have done things differently? Yeah, what would many you things have, that done? have done differently. Or lessons you've learned I from would, those mistakes. I would probably set up a business plan ahead prior to launch of the brand as opposed to taking a purely a creative pursuit. Mm. Um, I did it kind of a, a little bit later, but you know, so long as you you know where you want to get to, I think that helped in the overall scheme of things. All right. Well, in conversation with Marshizan Masjum, he is the president and creative director of Marshizan. So Marshizan, you talk about having a business plan. So what is the business plan when you went into Italy? Because it is, I imagine, not easy. You are, in that sense, new, breaking into the industry. And Italy is not short of shoe designers. So how do you even do it? So I studied in Italy. I did not launch the brand in Italy. So basically, the brand was launched in Singapore, followed by Paris. Italy is our production center. Ah, so I produce and manufacture in Italy. Italy is not a market for us. It's like selling ice to Eskimos. I feel most Italians will have access to some factory or another. But it's always a bit of production center. My aesthetics are very much influenced by Italian taste because I studied there. But it's not a market of ours. But what really did help, though, was the fact that um, I think I kind of knew who my clients were were even as it evolved when i first started out i I used lots of um i wanted to create beautiful things so my first collection you see i had all high heels i I used lots of swarovskis i used lots of bling and glitters 
because they were just for fun. They were creative pursuits. I wasn't really thinking about thinking about the commercial aspect of it. Yep. Um, but I, it evolved because once I started doing this full time, I realized that it, this has to work business wise. I, I wanted it to you know be financially viable, right? So I completely changed focus. I changed the target clientele that I wanted to zoom in on. Uh, and that became the professional working women, the executives, the managing directors, the bankers, the lawyers, uh, who want comfortable shoes, stylish ones, but they're done with the big brands because they don't need validation from the big brands. Mm. Um, they want something that's unique, that's kind of stylish, but they do need the big logos. They don't want things that are out, outlandish because they know who they are deep down inside. I think that's been the key clientele of ours. All right. uh, women who don't need validation from the big brands, but they want something comfortable and something unique and stylish. Yeah, Mashizan, you mentioned you have a factory in Italy. At least you started there with a factory. So what were the early days like? Did you have to do a lot of cold calling to even get those contacts or suppliers? I was actually very lucky because... Um, at the school, there was a teacher in the jewelry section of, of the program, and his wife, Patricia, we became friends, and she was in the industry, in the footwear industry for four decades. She had gone into retirement, but she basically came out of retirement to help me launch the brand. Uh, over, over the course of time, she essentially became my Italian mother, my Italian mama. Um, so she was the one who instrumentally helped open doors to have access to tanneries, to mm. sex to suppliers. Uh, it was because of her that I was able to have access to those places because otherwise it would have been almost impossible. Well, so it's also a factor of who you know that helps as well. So if you look at the yeah. past few years, a lot has happened, especially COVID-19. What were some of the adjustments to the business you have had to mix? For example, cash flow, I imagine, would have been different. Was there a need to change your sure. profit expectations or margins or prices? Sure. So during COVID time, we were basically based out of Paris by then. So we had like an atelier set up. And so I had to figure out a way in which we could still sell shoes to women who don't go to the office, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a completely scenario where nothing is working for us. But, but there are still people who want to buy shoes, especially, you know, people who are still working, but they want to buy something that, that makes them happy, right? So we opened up this platform on our website where you can make a virtual Zoom appointments with us, uh, make virtual appointments with us through Zoom, and I do curate selections of our collections for some of our clients. That's how we managed to stay afloat during pandemic times. So we had to adapt. We had to adapt to certain situations that were beyond our control and just make the best out of it. Uh, make, make lemonade out of lemon, actually. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Now, looking back at the journey that we've had, what kind of advice would you give to someone you know, thinking about pursuing their passions and making it into a business? Like, people have been thinking, hey, I bake pretty good bread or cakes. Maybe I should do something. Sure. I think for me, it's important to sort of know yourself what you're trying to pursue. Creating a brand platform. I mean, it's different if you're just kind of, you know, doing a small little uh, passion project. Uh, But if you're thinking about running a business, developing into a brand, it's very important to think about brand platform. And the brand platform has to include your vision, your mission. What is it that you're trying to do? And once you have that brand platform that includes your logos, your, your brand voice, your DNA, your universe, who you're trying to sell to, everything will fall into place because once that structure is done, it's, it's easy to market yourself. All right. And one final question I've got. Now, as a shoe designer, how many pair of shoes do you have? Oh, uh, depends on which. Because <laughs> I've different homes. I've got homes in Singapore, Paris, and New York. So I have no shortage of shoes in each of the apartments that I, I, I live in. 
So on average, about 25 units. All right. Wow. Because um, I've got some friends who've been asking, would you go back to TV at some point? Is that something you miss? Um, I do miss it a lot. I do miss the production aspect of it. So what I try to do is to marry what I did in the past with my current uh, ah. life. Uh, so I do direct and produce my campaign films. That's how I get in touch with the industry. I also still am a mentor to some of the younger producers who uh, I groomed in the past. I still sort of play the role of a, you know, advisor, mentor, so so whatever I can do to, great to hear. help develop the industry further. All yeah. right, thank you so much for your time, Mashizan, and for sharing your journey with us today. Thank you for having me. All right, we've been speaking with Singapore-born, Paris-based shoe designer Mashizan Masjam, president and creative director of Mashizan. Save us on Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.